welcome to the Park Road Podcast for May 26, 2019. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Chelsea Mitchell, staff chaplain at Carolina's Healthcare Systems and a member at Park Road. Her sermon this morning is entitled, Blessings. Thank you, soloist, special guest today, and the faithful few here on a holiday weekend. The text for today is Psalm 67, a psalm of blessing and praise. Here in the South, the term blessing is a familiar one. First, I think of the term count your blessings. Growing up, my mom sang in a Southern Gospel Quartet, and so that meant as a little kid, I went to lots of rural churches and got up on stage and sang. One song in particular I remember was called Count Your Blessings. So I would belt out with a Southern twang and snaggle teeth, when you're down and out, it's time to count your blessings. (laughs) Along with count your blessings, you may hear the term bless you when you sneeze sometimes said so forcefully and loud that it startles you and seems to demand a thank you. And my personal favorite term of Southern blessing, bless their heart. A term that accompanies gossip or an insult and carries just a hint of pity, such as they have a face only a mother could love, bless their heart. Psalm 67 recites part of the priestly blessing from the sixth chapter of Numbers, where it is recorded that God blesses the Israelites through Moses, Aaron, and his sons, saying the familiar blessing, may the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. In Psalm 67, this blessing becomes more expansive using the term, may the Lord bless you. Not just may bless you, but may bless us. And the blessing then goes on to focus on not just the Israelites, but all nations and all the earth. The idea of blessing and cursing is a common concept from the Pentateuch, those first five books of the Bible, where abiding by the law leads to blessing of land, fertility, health, and general prosperity. And disobedience leads to, well, you get the idea. In the New Testament, Jesus surprises all expectations and previous logic by coming as Emmanuel, God with us, not as a powerful, rich king by earthly standards, but as a baby born through the messiness of birth to a couple not married and from the wrong town. Blessings look different than expected as well. The Beatitudes proclaim those blessed who are meek, those who mourn, those who are poor in spirit, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure of heart, the peacemakers, those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. I'm not sure I want those blessings. When I first saw the assigned text for today, This psalm of blessing and praise, I had mixed feelings. 
I thought fondly of the beautiful benediction that Amy and Russ do and was excited to look more deeply into those well wishes. But also my stomach tightened as I thought of preaching on this text because of what the term blessing brings up for me. You see, I work as a chaplain in a hospital and am with people during difficult times of tragedy, new diagnosis, long suffering, trauma, death. Concepts in this Psalm, such as blessing, favor, bring to my mind the reality of pain and suffering. Situations like cancer reoccurrences, another loss after rounds of painful fertility treatments when a family wants so badly to bring home a baby, a terrible accident that results in loss beyond logic. And I'm sure you can name your own deep pain. In those sacred moments within hospital walls, often people tell me in private that they feel they are being punished, that they've done something wrong or are bad. While it can feel that way in the midst of unanswerable questions and in lights in light of texts such as numbers, I do not for a minute believe that is true. Earthquakes, shooting, sickness, loss do not indicate guilt, and such theology causes suffering upon suffering. This psalm is sticky because it brings up these questions of theodicy, the problem of suffering and evil, why do such things happen, and what does this mean of God's character? Why? Why? And how do we navigate the breathtakingly beautiful and messy, deep pain of life? As people of faith, these are questions we must answer for ourselves. No one can do that work for you. Others' answers don't hold up when we find ourselves questioning everything within those hospital walls. Whether, as Russ says, God does all that God can. Or as an elderly mother told me after my parents' divorce, this ripping apart of couple and family was not God's plan, certainly not God's plan to teach you something. That a good God doesn't cause or allow bad to accomplish good, but of course can work within the midst of such a situation, breathing life into dry bones. Or perhaps you come to a more traditional conclusion that I often hear in the hospital of suffering where people say, I don't understand, but I trust there's a plan and a will. Hard happens. Perplexing, heartbreaking, excruciating pain touches us all and we wrestle with it. But as Buck said, not alone. I don't know the answer of why, but I have seen time and time again that God is present and cares. The Holy fills our pain, is with us, and cares, and that is where I hang my hat. I also believe that it is okay to ask questions and to feel sorrow. In addition to psalms of praise and blessing, there are numerous psalms and prayers of lament in our sacred text. In fact, the trajectory of these prayers and psalms goes from one asking why God, why? How long? To then remembering how God has been faithful in the past and to focusing again on God's good character, which then brings peace. 
One's heart changes, even though the situation may have not. It is healthy to fill our fills, as I say when I'm doing a group up on behavioral health units. In this both and in life, for to numb one end is to also numb the other, and for the flow of life, this vibrant experience to become stagnant. Lamenting is different than routinely expressing criticism and negativity. As a one on the Enneagram and a J on the Myers-Briggs, I can often be critical of myself and others, lopsided toward the negative. But when I dig a little deeper, this is based on believing a myth. It's based on fear, fear of scarcity and trying to avoid pain by striving for perfection. As Kurt said last week, it is important to examine what the messages we believe and what our practices, who they are profiting. Critical messages saying we need more, updated new versions, new styles, that our beauty is not enough, but rather measured by impossible standards, photoshopped models, are all meant for profit, for us to buy more product. The truth I have to center back on is that I believe in a God of hope and abundance, not scarcity, and that I am enough, do enough, and have enough. For me, choosing to redirect from criticism, comparison, and negativity to gratitude, appreciation, beauty, commitment, faithfulness is something I have to practice, but it is worth it. There's an illustration that says there are two animals inside of each of us. One is one of anger, inferiority, jealousy, ego. The other joy, peace, hope, humility, kindness. The one that wins is the one you feed. I think through acknowledging the both and of life, we are able to come to places of acceptance, healing, gratitude, peace, praise and joy for ourselves and one another walking through the twists and turns of life together. Psalm 67 cites the purpose of its blessing as that the Holy's saving power would be known among all nations and God's ways among the earth. Just as we know pain, we know the saving power of the Holy. Your song couldn't have been more perfect. We know the saving power of the holy from various sorts of bondage, addiction, self-hate, perfectionism, resentment. Psalm 67 shows that each Israelite is a player in the grand story that stretches far beyond boundaries of his or her own life and beyond their own land. Our lives, too, ripple out and intersect with one another in life-giving ways. Through one another, we experience the ways of God and his saving power. As the Martin Luther King quote states, we are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. We are interconnected and truly can care for one another. Sometimes I feel overwhelmed, but if I take one day, one moment at a time, 
feeling and expressing gratitude, doing, as Mother Teresa says, small things with great love. I find myself living in the moment, being present with those around me. I propose to you that living is the blessing. As, any, as Amy said at Easter, the abundant life that Jesus came to bring, one of freedom and wholeheartedness when so many are living dead. So as we leave, may we embrace the blessing today that is the gift of each moment, each new day fully alive, not a promise of material prosperity or easy roads, but the beautiful messy realness of navigating life together in relationship, alive together, joy and sorrow, fully feeling, impacting others, grateful, present, fullness of life for us and all the nations for earth. May it be so. Amen. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.